You ready to get started today? We're in a series on love. I believe the most important topic in the entire world is love. The Bible tells us that God is love. And so we're walking through what the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write to the church at Corinth about love. The church at Corinth was an exciting church. It was a vibrant church. It was a messed up church. They had strengths and they had weaknesses just like you do and I do individually and just like we do as families or churches or communities. Strengths and weaknesses. And the Holy Spirit addressed all of them. And one of the things that was happening in this church at Corinth was that they were vibrant about the gifts of the Spirit. They were eager and zealous and, and it was rather overboard. And so Paul, um, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes to them and says, hey, we need to make some corrections here. And he says, you can have all the gifts of the Spirit and you can have faith and you can have all kinds of stuff. But if you're lacking love, you're spinning your wheels. It's not really accomplishing anything. Nothing's really happening that's going to be vitally important. So he's saying there are things that you do without love. You have no foundation for it. It's out of order, if you will, to the believer. And so he begins to talk about love and he says, okay, what is love? What is love not? And he, he goes through this list and that's what we're doing today. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13 and verse 4 says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. Well, the opposite of envy is generosity or being generous. Now, in case you're wondering, we don't have uh, but just one slide up here today. And the reason for that, I just share with you, and I, I don't do this a lot, but I'll share with you. I've had three sermons prepared for this uh, Sunday. The first one just didn't feel right, so I switched to another, and it felt great until 4 o'clock this morning, and then it didn't feel good. And so at 4 o'clock this morning, God gave this to me, and that's what I'm sharing. I, as you know, I don't really talk much about that, but that's just the reality, so that's why you won't see a lot of slides up here today. The opposite of envy is generosity. Envy is when we say, I want what you have. I wish I could take it from you. I wish I could acquire that in some way. We envy what someone else has. But the opposite of that is generosity. Generosity is when we give, when we're, we're able to say, hey, I want you to have. I want you to be blessed. I want you to possess this or have that or experience this. And that's a generous spirit. The Bible tells us that love is generous. Jesus displayed his generosity at the woman at the well, the well of Jacob. He showed his generosity with patience. He said, well, you've been married several times. You're with a guy now you're not married to. He was saying, but I'm still here, right? I didn't shun you. I didn't forsake you. I'm here. He said, God is patient. You're having difficulty figuring out relationships, but God is patient. No matter what you and I are having difficulty with, God is still patient. He's still waiting. Amen? Jesus showed us how he had such kindness when he turned water into wine. The very first miracle that he performed was at a wedding. They had run out of wine, and weddings back then lasted a lot longer than what they do now. And so they had run out of wine, and he just showed, hey, I'm going to be kind to you. He could have said, you've, you've already drank the wine. You're done. It's over. But he was just showing his kindness by saying, okay, I'm going to give you something that is important to you that you really want. 
Yeah, we had a, a great testimony, and Kim shared it with us today. Even yesterday when we had our uh, big event for our educators, which was a tremendous success, and I want to thank all of the team for all that you did to make that happen. For weeks, we've been planning and preparing and planning and preparing. People showed up at 8 o'clock yesterday morning to, to help set up, and a lot of people pitched in yesterday to do that. So thank you to the team who made that happen. But I just want to say a special thanks to Caitlin Stevens for her expertise in organizing everybody and everything and ordering everything that we need. Caitlin, you did a great job. Way to go. Fantastic. And so Kim gave us a, a great testimony. There was someone out there last night who was, you know, having fun and playing around and lost an earring. And it had just been given to her, uh, I think by her aunt, great aunt, a relative, Kim's mom, just before she passed away. And so it was very meaningful. And she lost it way out there in the, in the grass. And they looked for about 30 minutes all over the place for it and couldn't find it. And so they incorporated Kim. They said, Kim, come over, let's help look. She said, let's pray. She said, okay, God, please show us where this ring is. We don't know where it's at, but it's important. Please show us where this ring is. And they started searching again. And it was just a few minutes later and they found that ring. How God is so kind to us. How he's so kind to, to say, you know what, this is important to you? Here, I want you to have it. God showed his kindness in that way. There were 10 lepers who were cleansed of leprosy. Jesus uh, uh, was passing through on his way to Jerusalem. He went, goes through Samaria. And there were 10 lepers off at a distance because that was what the law said to do. And they were saying, hey, Jesus, please have mercy on us. And what he said to them was, go show yourself to the priest, which would have been the thing that they were supposed to do if there was no more signs of leprosy. And so they start walking toward the temple, I guess, and to show themselves to the priest. And as they're walking, they realize, hey, something happened. We don't have leprosy anymore. And one of them came back to Jesus. And the Bible says with a loud voice, he began to glorify and praise God. And Jesus says, oh, weren't there 10? Where are the other nine? But you've come back to praise me. Your faith has made you whole. He just showed his generosity with an inner healing to this leper. Not just an outer healing, not just a healing of something physical, but he says, you're whole. I'm speaking to you about your inner healing. And that's what he ministered to that man. Nicodemus was a religious man. He was a, a Pharisee. He was a teacher of the law. And yet God showed his kindness. Christ was so generous with truth by explaining to him about being born again. And how the spirit moves where it wants to move and where it's supposed to be. And you don't know where it's coming. You're not sure where it's going. And, but the Holy Spirit is moving on people's lives. And it is that movement that causes people to be born again. And he began to explain that to him. You have your Bibles. I'm asking you to turn to James chapter number one. And we're going to read a verse about God's great love. How he's generous to us. I would imagine if I were to ask for uh, testimonies, for people to give stories about how God's been generous to them, I'm sure this, we would just have many, many, many testimonies and stories about God's generosity, how God just provides, how just without us even recognizing it sometimes, all of a sudden it just overloads us with his blessings. The Bible tells us that God really wants to pour out blessing on us that we even can't have enough space to contain. You imagine being that full of just overflowing, 
being that filled where you just, you just can't even handle it all and you've got to offload some of it because there's just too much for you to take. It's amazing. That's what God wants for us though. Well, in James chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, the Bible tells us every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Here the word tells us that every good and perfect gift is from God. He gives, it to, he gives it to us, not because we're perfect, not because we've earned it or we deserve it, but because he's so generous. It's not because we are good, but it's because he is good. It says he chose to give us birth. He chose to give us the new birth. He chose to give us his generosity. And I would say this, what is it that you're needing God to fill you with today? I want you to think about that and maybe pinpoint that in the next few moments. So why is God so generous? We think of teachers, and Jesus was called the good teacher, and speaking to all the teachers today, this isn't anything new or revelatory that I'm mentioning right now, but a good teacher wants their student to learn the lesson or the subject. Whatever's being taught, a good teacher says, well, I want my students to get it. But I would say a great teacher wants their students to be successful or whole. You see, teachers don't become teachers because they want to teach. Teachers become teachers because they want to change lives. And they know that teaching can change a life and many lives. You look at teachers, you're seeing a, a class group of people, educators who recognize the value of inputting into people's lives. They are being generous with first off, their time, because it takes a lot of time to learn how to be a teacher and to teach. They're being generous with their money. They had to go and get that education so that they could impart to other people. Teachers are a class group of people. Educators are special because they recognize the power of generosity. They recognize that if I will give to my students, not only the lesson, but the lesson, then I'm changing lives. And if I'm changing lives, I'm changing the world. Teachers don't become teachers to teach. They become teachers to change people's lives. And that's what they do. Educators, again, thank you for being who you are and giving what you give. Jesus fills us just like that. He gives us that generosity, not just so that we'll learn the lesson, but so that we'll be whole and filled and successful. Jesus definitely forgives he heals, empowers, leads, calms, and the list goes on and on. But he doesn't do that just to do that. He does that so that we'll be whole, so that we'll be successful. He doesn't heal us just so that we'll be healed, but he heals us so that we'll be more whole and we'll be more like him. So he gives us that generosity because he has a bigger picture in mind than just the moment. It was the 10 lepers, all healed. One came back and was made whole. It's the one who comes back and says, Lord, thank you, thank you. And he just says, all right, now you get something more. You see, God wants to heal you, but for the purpose of making you whole. God wants to calm you, 
for the purpose of making you be filled with faith. God wants to give you joy, not just for the excitement of the moment, but so that your life can have an ongoing happiness and an ongoing joy that society and circumstances cannot quench. It's a joy that outlasts the difficulties, a joy that goes beyond what's happening in this moment that may be uncomfortable. The only thing that God takes from us is our sin, and the rest he imparts to us. Have you ever thought about that? What God takes from us is our sin. Everything else he imparts into us. He gives us his spirit. He gives us power. He gives us joy and peace and patience and kindness, all of those things. The fruit of the spirit that are growing in our lives, it starts on the inside. He imparts those things to us. And so he wants to give. And he wants to give to you today, not to take from you. He wants to give to fill you to overflowing because he's a generous God. We talk about that. We don't talk much about money. I didn't even talk about money yet today. And we don't really talk a lot about that because we're, we just know that God has a generous church and people are generous and we're generous. And that's how it's to, that's how we're to live lives of generosity. And why can we do that? Because God is generous. We do that because God has been so generous to us. He takes from us our sin, but he imparts everything else to us. After he takes, from our, takes our sin from us, then he just gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. Let's look at some examples of that. And then we're going to show a video in just a moment that I think is going to be encouragement to everybody, but especially our educators. Think about how he gave to the woman at the well I mentioned earlier. He gave her patience. He gave her time. He gave her grace. And what did he say he wanted to give her? He said, I'm asking you for a drink of water. But if you knew who the one that was talking to you, you would ask of me and I would give you a water that would cause you to never thirst again. Isn't that great that we receive as Christians that water that causes us never to thirst again? It's not a physical water. It's a water that says, I'm meeting the greatest need of your life. I'm taking your sin away, but I'm filling you with myself so that I am in you and you are in me. And he fills us so that we don't thirst again for other things. It's not that we don't have desires, but we don't thirst again to say, oh, I've got to have that. I've got to have this because that longing in our life has been given because God has been generous to us. You think about the woman who was sick and touched the hem of his garment, just that, that bottom part of his garment. She was very sick. And what happened? Jesus stops and says, whoa, who touched me? And the disciples said, they didn't call him dude, but I'm from Florida, so everybody's a dude. So they said, dude, everybody's touching you. Everybody's touching you. He said, no, 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 no. Power went out from me. You see, he said, I have been, I was giving someone power and I don't even know who it was. He was giving to her and that's what brought her healing. And that's what brought them together, not just in a, hey, I touched his garment, I was healed, but nobody knows about it. He stops, the whole crowd stops and brings attention to this woman because of her great faith. He filled her with his power.
Think about in the Old Testament when the waters were unfit, they were contaminated, they were poisonous. The prophet came and said, all right, I want you to throw salt into this water. And they put something into the water to make it healed. They didn't try and take it out and fix it. They put something into the water. If you remember another miracle when the, the axe head broke and fell off and went down into the water, what did the prophet say? They, he put something into the water. He put a stick into the water and the axe head floats. A miracle. Because he put something in, not just simply trying to take something out. Look at the disciples. After Jesus was resurrected, and they're fishing, right? And Jesus is in that in-between moment when he's appearing to them, and then he's going away, and then he's coming back, and he's going away. And here's a time when they're out on the lake fishing, and they haven't caught anything. All night long they've been fishing, haven't caught anything. And here's Jesus on the shore. Basically, I'm paraphrasing, he says, hey, how's it fishing? Not so good. Cast your net on the other side. What happened? They brought in so many fish, their boat was getting ready to sink. What was Jesus doing? He did not try and rebuke them for not having faith. He didn't say, I can't believe it. How come you don't have faith? Why aren't you asking me to fill your boat? He didn't rebuke them. What did he do? He filled their boat. He filled their boat because he recognized if I'll fill their boat with what they need, their faith is just going to go, boom. It's going to be great. And so God today is wanting to fill you with whatever you need. Maybe it's physical healing. Maybe it's joy. Maybe it's a provision that you need. Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's a calmness. I don't know what it is that you need today, but God is here to fill you. He's not here to, to take from you, but yet to give you, to fill you, even to overflowing. Today, we're not talking about giving something to God. Sometimes we think, I, I, I need God to take this from me. I need God to take that from me. Maybe we should change our prayers to say, God, I need you to fill me. Instead of, Lord, take this fear away from me, God, I need you to fill me with peace. Registering with anybody? God, in, instead of worrying about this, Lord, I just need to be calm in the spirit. I need to just rest, be still, and know that he is God. Lord, would you fill me today? What is it that you need God to do in your life? to fill you. Instead of thinking he's going to take something away and make it all better, I think he's going to fill you and make it all better. Because in filling you, it's not just the lesson of a moment, but it is more toward fulfillment of your life. Jesus did not die on the cross just so you could be physically healed. He didn't die on the cross just so you could have enough money. He didn't die on the cross, was buried and resurrected, just so you could have fill in the blank. He died on the cross, was buried and resurrected so that you could have a full, meaningful, godly life. And more than that, you could have eternal life. Do you have eternal life today? Have you allowed God to fill you today with eternal life? Because that's what he gives us. See, I'm not waiting to have eternal life one day. I have eternal life today. My body's going to die. Some point in time, this thing's going to quit. There's some parts of that I'm, I'm, I'm happy about, okay? This, this body isn't going to last, but Chris Stephen is going to live forever because Jesus has given me eternal life. What about you? 
Do you have eternal life? Has, has God filled you with eternal life? Well, he doesn't force himself. He doesn't come in and go, you will receive. No, he makes himself available. He says, here, I want to fill you. I want to bless you. I want to give you life eternal. But I'm giving you a gift that you have to receive. I'm giving you a gift that you have to say yes to. Have you said yes to God? Well, I know that the vast majority of us here today have, and we are believers. We're followers of Christ. But as we go through this life, what is it right now that God is wanting to fill you with today? Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's joy. Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's calmness. I don't know what it is. But I believe even in this moment, God wants to fill you. 